0: Your health is our priority. Each series, it's our goal to make sure that we provide you with experts and guests that offer multiple perspectives so that you feel supported, empowered, and less alone.
1: Like the work we do? Buy us a cup of coffee or tea. You can leave us a tip over at coffee.com/slash the hip podcast, which is ko-fi.com/slash the HIP podcast or with the link in our show notes.
2: When you buy us a cup of coffee, you not only support the work we do, but also gain access to early releases and downloadable resources. Again, that's coffee.com slash the hip podcast.
1: understanding what you need
2: being informed finding that balance of mental and physical building yourself
1: a support system figuring things out on my own and not letting it hold me back
2: you do kind of have to advocate for yourself
1: because health it's personal
2: hello everyone and welcome to health it's personal We are very excited to say that we just finished our parenting series. We spoke with so many incredible experts and guests. We heard personal stories and we got some incredible advice from how to talk to our kids about these tough topics and how to get through a journey like fostering or adopting.
0: As a parent, I found it really exciting to kind of hear over and over again some of these ideas, some of these practices and themes, um, because it really kind of solidified it for me in my mind. And uh, I wish I would have known a lot of this a long time ago, but I'm excited and I've used a lot of these practices um, in my everyday life throughout the last few weeks.
2: As this is the end of our parenting series, it's also the end of our season one. We will be going on break until the new year, when we will be bringing you some new, amazing conversations that we're super excited about. But while we're on break, we'll be hosting workshops and casual conversations with old and new experts and guests. Instagram lives with special guests, as well as other news and resources can be found at our Instagram, at the hip podcast to get updates on upcoming workshops and virtual events you can sign up for the health its personal emails at the hippodcast.com and we look forward so much to sharing these new conversations with you in season 2 but today we are going to jump into these conversations and talk about what our favorite moments of the series was and in the theme of us releasing new Spotify playlists next week which I'll share with you is something that we're super excited about. We're going to take songs that were shared by our guests, uh, as well as by the hip team that get us through challenging moments or curb anxiety, and also listener suggestions as well, which we're always asking for on our Instagram too. So in the spirit of this, we thought we'd share some of our favorite songs that get us through the day and kind of reflect some of the conversations that we've been having.
0: Yeah, we all use music to really get us through tough times, to really inspire us to have fun dance parties. And as we went throughout season one, we just heard from so many people talking about how music really resonated with them, um, different songs, and also just helped support them through challenging times or exciting moments. And so we decided to create a playlist for you So I added a song to the playlist that was inspired by our episode with Michael Tyler and his book, The Skin You Live In. Gabriella Day in our nutrition series shared her love of the Lion King soundtrack. There's a song on the track with Beyonce and Blue Ivy called Brown Skin Girl. And every time I hear it, I get choked up. Um but I love it so much and it makes me feel so inspired and happy to celebrate the color of people's skin and the beauty inside them but it also has such a beautiful mother-daughter relationship which I obviously mm-hmm. feel really connected to and so I wanted to include that in the playlist.
2: Yes, what a great choice. All the songs on that album are super empowering. Yes, yeah. How about you, Sean?
1: I wanted to maybe mention that Michael Miller is one of the most Inspiring figures we've talked to throughout the entire podcast so far, and has inspired so many things for us, including filling our cups and starting off our podcast strong with Christina Aguilera. So, I wanted to throw in Beautiful by Christina Aguilera. Love it because I know that song means so much to a lot of people all over the world in just celebrating who you are and not letting other people get to you or to tell you that you should be otherwise. I chose that because it's meaningful to all of us, it's meaningful to past guests, and it's also relevant to the topics we discussed in this series about identity and discovering who you are and celebrating that. In several of our episodes, that was a big theme.
2: Yes, that's so important and such a thread that we've seen throughout so many episodes. And another thread that we've seen is that so many of our guests in this series and past series, are lovers of a 30-second dance party, (laughs) (laughs) which I am a huge lover of a 30-second dance party (laughs) as well. But when I think of that music that's going to get me moving and get me excited for the day and kind of shake my anxiety out or my worries, I always go to soul because soul is for the soul, you know? So uh, Curtis Mayfield's Move On Up, always gets me moving. Even if I'm just sitting in the car or anything, as soon as that comes on, I can't help but move. It's infectious. And then also for soul music, because I think a huge conversation that is really important to me is the idea of fostering or adopting and doing something that is helping somebody else and is contributing to the community. And that is so important to these wonderful kids who are in our world in need of homes right now. And with everything going on, also Stevie Wonders loves in need of love today is always just like one for the heart. And I've been listening to that a lot lately, as we've all been kind of coping with the craziness in the world right now.
1: So we're going to move on and kind of discuss the topics that meant the most to us personally, the the most connection that we felt this series. Um, so we're going to start with Karen, who is going to discuss how to be a strong communicator and how to navigate the world around us. I'm going to talk a little bit about personal identity and how we navigate just discovering who we are as individuals, especially when it comes to how others perceive us in the world. And then we're going to end with McKenna, who's going to talk about a little bit of parenting and maybe the ideas of adoption and fostering.
0: Yeah, as I mentioned before, so many of the themes throughout the parenting series have just come back again and again. And one that really stuck out to me was the idea of communication. And we actually started with Dr. Becky Kennedy talking about tough conversations because a lot of the things that you have to chat about with your kids as they're growing through all different stages require really thoughtful, and loving communication. And communication is such a strong thread throughout the series. And it's something that I've always had to navigate because I'm a strong communicator um, and the people that I love aren't always. So often I'll alter my Um, method of communication in order to fit the individual I'm trying to communicate with, which can be a great strategy sometimes for people um, so that you're able to get the information to them that you need to. But it doesn't always lend itself to really deep conversations. And so for example, one of my kids struggles to chat about really meaningful things because, you know, talking with your parents can be really hard and it's not something that you always want to do. And so maybe he has really deep, meaningful conversations conversations with his friends. I'm not sure. But as his parent, I feel like I really need to make sure That I'm able to talk to him about relationships and values, you know, how to navigate the world and hard things that are going on. We talked with Dr. Linnae and Tamara about sexual relationships and consent, and all of those things are really important for me to communicate. And so I've just been thinking a lot about my communication skills. So, something that Dr. Becky said that really stuck out to me, and I've been thinking a lot about and trying to implement in my own life, or at least thinking about it when I do. Do it properly is that you can't solve a feeling. And what she meant by that was a lot of times young people share their feelings with us and we try to solve it. So for example, Max might say, oh, that teacher made me so mad today. And and then I'll say something like, well, you know, Max, they have a lot going on on their plate right now with trying to help online students and also help face-to-face students. And that's not what Max needs. That might be true, but (laughs) I need to validate what he's saying so that he feels like he can come to me whenever he's having issues. So I don't always do this perfectly, but that idea is always in my head when he's venting or sharing his feelings with me.
2: Yeah. And it can be easy to dismiss people's feelings especially when they're teenagers, because they're very in their feelings and not really seeing the bigger picture oftentimes. And so letting them know that you understand where they're coming from is really important.
0: Dr. Becky was so great about sharing like practical role playing or examples so that we can kind of practice. And something that she said is you really know how you feel. Like that's a great way to respond immediately so that you can step back and let them really understand, dive into those feelings, communicate them clearly. And that gives young people self-esteem because they do really know and understand their feelings. And that's important.
1: And I was going to say those feelings might change as they get older, but in that moment, that's exactly how they feel. And I think that there's no shame in that. You know, I had to learn to grow from those moments too, but you only learn by actually going through it. So I think it's really important to acknowledge.
0: Yeah, it's hard for young people to see anything beyond their own feelings. And sometimes as adults, we want them to empathize with others, but I don't know for sure that those few teenage years are the time to really, like, pick that battle. I think that comes naturally over time.
1: And you can't ignore that. I think it's still valid to acknowledge, well, you know, let's kind of consider how they're feeling, but it doesn't dismiss how you're feeling either. It doesn't mean that yours isn't valid, so both can be true. So I think that you have to balance those two, and that's important.
0: Sean, Dr. (laughs) Becky said, remember her practice? Two things are true. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So this can be true. And also this can be true. And so communication really came up in almost every single one of our episodes. And I don't want to belabor kind of go through each episode, but I kind of do because
1: (laughs) I don't want to, but I do.
0: (laughs) I mean, Tasha was talking about how communication when you're uncomfortable with an idea of something. So Um, really showing your love loudly Mm -hmm. and supporting those even when you're not comfortable with the idea of something. So when she came out to her friends and family about her son who was transitioning, some people just were silent and that wasn't a time to be silent. Really even saying I'm confused by this or I don't know how to respond or I don't know how to use the correct pronouns, but using your voice to somehow explain what you're feeling so that the person feels loved that's not a time for silence
1: yeah something is better than (laughs) nothing we need to know where you stand
2: yes and like all of these things that we've talked about can be awkward just like that scenario and like michael tyler was saying if you can answer the question or acknowledge something in the moment just do it because otherwise it's going to get more awkward or build it up or make it feel like it's a bigger issue than it actually is.
0: Yeah. So when that um, young person asked him if he and his wife were a salt and pepper couple, he could have just ignored that and moved on or just you know, (laughs) rolled his eyes or walked away or whatever. But instead, he used that as a teaching moment to really communicate in a loving way so that that child understood what he and his wife stood for and how that stereotype didn't Serve anyone. And I love that.
1: Yeah. It was a teachable moment.
0: Tamara and Dr. Linnae talk about how using the correct terminology for your body parts and talking about them as often as you do your elbow or your ear so that it doesn't feel like a taboo topic. So communicating those in all different types of situations, not just when you're having the talk, but when you're making dinner or someone asks you a question or when you're in the car so that it doesn't (laughs) feel like that that has to happen in isolation.
1: You don't have to just talk about it at P.F. Chang's. You can talk about it at Panda Express as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. Any Asian bistro. (laughs) Sarah Baxter explains how talking about suicide doesn't compel someone to take their own life, rather the opposite. And it helps them to feel less alone and understood. And that you understand the value of their life and the possibility for their future. And so talking about really hard things can be important, too, because those communications can really bridge a gap between a really hard moment and kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel.
1: The hope.
2: <laughs>
0: Priscilla Tallman talks about communicating with her athletes about goals and feelings so that they can get the most out of a really important part of their life, which is often the sport that they play, but also have really strong mental and emotional health and skills. And without your coach communicating those things, they often don't get talked about. And um, some really scary times or scary moments can happen when those feelings fester. And so yeah. really using that coaching, teaching experience to provide to, again, bridge a communication gap. So there were just so many moments throughout the series that really helped me to understand the importance of communication. And um, I feel really grateful for having thought about it in so many different ways.
1: For real, so many different ways. (laughs) Everything you said, Karen, is so true. And we learned All about communication, like you said, in so many different ways, more than we even realize going into it. And I think, you know, talking about suicide and psychosis to coaching and supporting people in crisis and addiction. um, So I was thinking a lot about Deborah and Andrew and their episodes and how their relationship in, you know, parenting uh, mother to child and child to mother really bridged those huge divides that we see all around us all the time that are so difficult to overcome but they were able to grow through that and really i guess realize their full potential of who they are as individuals and their identities which was so powerful to me and also it reminded me of kind of current events with Hunter Biden is in particular i know it's weird to bring up but i saw an interview recently where they were kind of attacking him for in and out of rehab over and over. And he's like, that's really offensive to talk to me like that. And so he really stood up for himself and said, this is who I am. Yeah. And um, I don't know how I feel about Hunter Biden or any of those situations, but it was really powerful to see that moment as someone who has struggled with addiction, standing up for themselves and saying, this is who I am. And this is the reality of it. And it's a matter of you know fact. It's a part of life. I've, you know sought treatment and all of these things. And so that really switched my perspective with all of these opinions floating around there.
0: <laughs> I did mean to mention this about Deborah and Andrew, but I think this kind of adds to what you're saying. I absolutely agree with that. And I think that Deborah's willingness and, and Andrew's willingness too, to communicate what they went through can be such an amazing gift for people that have to go through it too, so that they don't feel alone.
1: It's so hard to imagine talking about that because it's such a in my opinion, it's something that would be very private to me. And I don't know if I would want to talk to other people about it. But I admire those who are able to just be themselves and be out there and let the world know, which is really amazing.
2: Yeah. And individuals attacking him just shows how stigmatized it still is.
1: For sure. And that was my thought. Exactly. It's like, wow, we have so much further to go, even though we've gone really long way. um, We have so much work to do still. So that got me thinking, too, about identity in general, and it may not have been the primary topic of all of our conversations in this series, but I think it was a big one, especially in Tasha's episode, but it came up in the episodes with Tamara and Dr. Linnae, where we talked about our bodies and who we are, how we're made, and just to celebrate those parts of ourselves and all the beauty.
0: <laughs> you are Beautiful.
1: We are. (laughs) We're all beautiful. And I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but my own journey through identity has been a little complicated. And, you know, we talked to the wonderful same-sex couple who is fostering children now and Rob, who is a gay dad, and how that identity plays into parenting as well. Uh, whether you're a child talking to your parents about your identity, or if you are a parent trying to help your children navigate it, or maybe even navigating your own as a parent. And, you know, Rob really blew my mind when he said, you know, I had all these reservations about being a gay parent, but it turns out that that wasn't really as big of a deal as I expected it to be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. That wasn't even the thing. That was hard.
1: I know. And there's so many other challenges for sure. But (laughs) it's, uh, it shows that intersectionality that we're all so complex and complicated and diverse, and we should celebrate those things. So looking at my own journey, and my dad passed away a long time ago now, but I did get a really special moment that I don't know if I've talked about before. But Uh, It was the early days of the internet, and I had heard, you know, things about... I had heard lesbians before. I'd mentioned that. I know I mentioned that before. (laughs) What are lesbians? (laughs) Um, But I didn't really know the concept of what gay was or bisexual, and someone at school had said bisexual. And so we didn't really, I don't even think Google was around yet, but (laughs) we had like very terrible internet connection. And I, you know, we had our new computer. It was like our first time having a computer. And I was like, I'm going to look this stuff up.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's like dialing up. It's like,
1: yep. and then
0: your parents are like, what are you doing, Sean? And you're like, I'm just trying to look up gay. (laughs) Yep. Just gay.
1: (laughs) Uh, We had had a yard sale and I love yard sales. I still do like it's never worth the effort, but <laughs> I was so excited. But that day I also was really excited to do some research and uh, I, we logged in. My parents were outside doing the yard sale and I was like, now's my chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and so I looked up gay and I got to the website gay.com. Don't go there. <laughs> it's still around. Don't go there. Um, and. <laughs> Someone talked about it the other day. I'm like, that's still there, huh? Okay. Um, Not a place for kids. (laughs) But this was way before we knew anything about that, right? And so I went to gay.com and I was looking around and I forget who came in, but I think maybe both of them came in and they caught me and I wasn't wasn't doing anything bad, but I was like, what's gay? And so I got in trouble, I guess, because they probably didn't know how to react to that either. And Internet was a new thing. So it's not just a parenting thing. It's a technology is still very new here. So I was embarrassed, I guess, or upset. You know, there's a lot of emotions. So we lived next to a forest and I just like bolted. (laughs) And my dad, who's a special agent, obviously found me in the forest. (laughs) 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 like 30 minutes later (laughs) it's a big forest (laughs) you can't (laughs) Um, and I remember there were spiders everywhere and I didn't even care (laughs) I should have been scared but I was covered in spiders Um, but I was also wearing like this bright orange vest (laughs) it was a little cold it was like you know fall and uh, or maybe late winter or whatever Um, and
0: he it had a chilly. garage sale in late winter. I don't even
1: know. <laughs> 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 Early spring. It was Arizona, right? <laughs> no, no, it was Maryland. But um, oh, okay. it wasn't too cold, but it was chilly. Anyways, um, setting the stage here, <laughs> and he found me, and he we didn't talk about it. And we never actually really had that conversation um because short like very shortly after that we found out he had cancer, and that became the conversation um it was like a month later at the at the latest and uh, but he did have a moment with me there after he found me, and he made a joke about the it's really hard to hide with a a vest like that <laughs> and he was disappointed um, in you for that yes lot <laughs> lose the vest. <laughs> And we, you know, he just told me basically that he loved me no matter what. And that was it. And we just walked back and that was the end of the conversation. So we didn't really have a chat, but I think that was uh, more than you could ask for, for any child with a parent, you know, uh, with your identity. And since then I've been on a journey. (laughs) So we'll leave it there. My mom has been great. We talked about that before. She's been super supportive and she's just all about wanting people to be who they are because you need to be your true self and... That's, you know, something I'm still going through. We talked to Tasha about transitioning, and that really got me thinking a lot more. I have some friends who have transitioned or who are transitioning right now as well. And um, I was thinking about my own identity when it comes to gender. And that's a big topic still, and I'm still working through that. Um, So any questions you have, we can keep talking about it forever. But basically, I started thinking, you know, I don't really fit in the gay community. I don't really fit in, you know these boxes, like we were talking about with Michael Tyler, let's look at our boxes that we're fitting ourselves into, Um, not necessarily just our children, but ourselves and how we fit others in boxes. But, you know, I was in gay spaces and thinking, I don't really feel comfortable here. You go to Pride and I'm like, I don't know about this scene or that scene. You know, even though it's so diverse, it still feels very homogenous in many, in many ways.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's still another box.
1: Yeah, it's still another box. And then, you know, Appreciating RuPaul's Drag Race and things like that, and then kind of starting to think about do you fit there? And just kind of looking at gender and feeling like, okay, this is how a man should be, and this is how a woman should be, and this is how, you know, these all of these things should go. And I've just been kind of thinking about that and how I don't fit into any of those spaces really. So I kind of got to the non-binary category which is i don't know where i fit and then i found out you don't have to fit anywhere (laughs) which is the most uplifting and like revolutionary realization that you could have i'm like wait are you telling me i don't have to you know i don't have to choose one
0: (laughs) yeah you could be
1: none. i opt out so (laughs) yeah that was my thing i'm like i opt out
0: The agnostic version (laughs) of sexuality. Yeah.
1: I just filled out a survey for work about travel to the workplace. And it was like, you know, environmentalism. And it was like, are you male or female? And I was like,
0: no. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So
1: it's my favorite thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it really is uplifting. And I think more and more people are kind of being aware of that and the nuances and the intersectionalities. And like with Michael Tyler, we keep coming back to that episode, but it was so inspirational for so many reasons. And I have so many other blocks to focus on. There's so many other parts of myself that are more important. So it was so uplifting to kind of just throw that off and like, let's stop worrying about that. Like, where do I fit? Well, who cares? Like, I don't fit in any of those. So let's forget about them. <laughs> and Let's focus on all the other cool things that we need to do in life, all the other parts of ourselves.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, why do we focus on that box over all the other places where we fit? And you can fit in multiple too. Like
2: maybe at one point you f- you enjoy spending time with your with one group of friends, and then you enjoy doing things with the different group that are vastly different. We're so complex; it's silly to have to choose and then feel shameful when you can't choose.
1: Yeah. That shame is a huge part of it. Um, No shame. (laughs) And uh, the episode that we had last week with the two moms uh, who are fostering, like what we learned about, like what you just said fits perfectly, because even those temporary relationships, those temporary moments are meaningful. Even if we move on and grow from them and change, that's part of life.
0: I thought that was such a great message. I love that she said that because we we think it's a failed relationship because it doesn't stand the test of time. But maybe it's there for the amount of time that it needed to be. And it was lovely. Now we're heading down a different path. And then you move on. Yeah. And I
1: feel like maybe oh I identified this way or I told these people I had and you feel bad about that or there's guilt and shame like but but I changed so I've like betrayed their trust by being something different now but no it's yeah that was who I was at that moment and now we're learning more about ourselves.
2: <laughs> the only constant in human life is that we change. So
1: Yeah. <laughs> the only constant <laughs>
0: What I love about that, Sean, is that you are growing and changing and that you're really flexible with people. As your friends, we want to make sure that we support you in however you're feeling, whenever you're feeling that way. And some people feel more strongly about how they identify than others. And so it's back to that communication key, right? You just get (laughs) to know people, how they feel, and you ask them how you can best support them, and then you do that.
1: Yeah. And even as someone's going through that identity struggle, you have to figure out how do I talk to other people about this for safety? Like we talked with Tasha, is it safe to talk to these people about it? But then even just for learning about who you are and and like when we talk about addiction or suicide or any of the other topics, a race, how do I broach that subject? How do I, you know, (laughs) how do I talk to this individual or this group of people, my coworkers, my friends, family?
2: and if you haven't even quite figured yourself out or decided in what box you fit yet and people are coming to you looking for you to give them an answer because you know they feel like they they're required an answer you know
1: yes <laughs> it's a good way to say it
2: <laughs> you know we all need to be just as flexible as people are who are going through these journeys like as the support person if somebody says one point that They felt they were a particular gender and now are saying that they're not. You know, not to be like, what, what? (laughs) Like, you can ask questions. Like,
0: that's a phase. And you're like, no, it's just who I am and who I was and who I am now. Well, a phase in life. So funny, too, how
2: calling something a phase is such a negative term because we go through phases, and it's okay if in one point in your life you feel a certain way, and in a different point in your life you feel entirely differently.
0: Yeah. And sometimes people judge you based on what they knew about you then. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or when they met you. See you in that way, and they don't adapt with you.
1: Yes. And I think for that topic, I think it's really good to talk about because people will say, oh, it's just a phase. And that's like diminishing it. And it's kind of like, I guess. Oh, that's just a theory, and I'm like, do you know how much it takes to get to a theory, <laughs> scientifically right, yeah. speaking? Yes, <laughs> like, yes, so yeah. So I think it's kind of like that. Like you diminish it because of the way you're interpreting that word. But I think you're right. It, they are, they, we do all go through phases, no matter what our identity is.
2: Beautiful but, phases.
0: Yeah,
1: beautiful phases, and each one is cherished. Yeah.
0: Seems simple, doesn't it?
1: It does. It's so hard, and it's it's valid to be curious and want to know more too. But you just have to be aware that. And I'm not speaking for me personally. It's just whenever someone else is ready to tell you about that, then that's the time. You can definitely try to ask, but don't push them if they're not ready and ask the right types of questions to not, <laughs> you know, it's valid, whatever you're thinking, but make sure you're being aware, like with that communication, you know, how is this question going to be perceived? Is it coming from a good place of love?
2: One of the best things about this podcast for us is all the amazing and insightful people we've met. Throughout each of our series, we've seen many common threads. That's why we created the Health It's Personal Inspiration line to celebrate our unique perspectives and let
0: others around us know that we get it too. We teamed up with artist Cloud Ramkey to help bring these common threads to life. We've all dealt with challenges in our lives that make us stronger. Hence, our new favorite saying, thanks for the trauma. We make sure to remind our listeners and friends that you're not alone and that it's always a judgment-free zone because that's where the best conversations start.
1: Our designs are on t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, water bottles, coffee mugs, stickers, and so much more. These are great gifts for friends, loved ones, educators, caretakers, and advocates to help show your people that you care about their health and well-being head over to bonfire.com slash the hip podcast, our website or our show notes for links to the merchandise and stay tuned for future inspirational designs and messages too.
2: Yeah, so on the topic of kind of starting our families, I know that Sean and I are on the track to potentially starting a family one day, you know, that's been on our minds, (laughs) especially in this series, something that I feel like we have in common is that we're not sure how we want to start our family and when and if. (laughs) This has been something I've thought about forever. There is so much joy and beauty and being and having a child. My perspective has always been I want to get everything out of life, every experience. And having a child is one of the most incredible experiences you can have and gives your life purpose and all of these other things. It wasn't until recently that I even thought, though, that I would have children. I've never been super into like other people's kids. (laughs) 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 that doesn't mean anything (laughs) yeah I I love I love children but I'm not I've never been like I know I'm gonna be a mom I can't wait to be a mom those were never thoughts that I had and
0: you didn't love
2: babysitting like you
0: think it's funny but it's like it's a little daunting for you
2: yeah but recently I've become open to the idea, but something that still I am grappling with is, especially right now, so this is definitely heightened by the world situation at the moment, also our access to understanding the world more at this point, because I feel like especially having a journalism background, I am acutely aware of the world situation all the time. Yeah, <laughs> And that's really difficult. And so something that I've been going through lately, or that I've been going through my whole life, is finding my path through where philanthropy will fit in and cultural experience and, and ways I can help and different things like that. So Bringing a child into a world that I don't fully understand or and sometimes struggle with is a concept that I go back and forth with. A quote that Michael Tyler brought up in his episode, which is on a different conversation, but this quote has stuck out to all of us, I think, is from Horace Mann. Be ashamed to die until you have won some victory for humanity. And that's such a beautiful message. And that's something that I constantly think about. But then also, when we were talking about adopting and fostering, mom quote I'm to paraphrase is if you're worried about bringing a baby into this world there are plenty of babies already here who have to go through life anyway so you might as well love them <laughs> I think that's such yeah. a
1: brilliant quote
2: <laughs> Karen Shively Horace yeah. Mann, all the great <laughs> the greats <laughs> and so that's just something that makes a lot of sense to me and I've been lucky enough to grow up around several of my parents' friends who have adopted, mom considering adoption at one point, and point in college where I worked with a foster uh, initiative. You know, so I've been exposed to it a lot. And so it doesn't feel like a foreign concept at all. But now it's feeling more and more like the right choice to start a family in a way that is contributing to the community and helping other people instead of just adding to the community you know does that make sense
1: it does yeah it's ethical
2: yeah it's ethical (laughs) (laughs) locally i took in my journalism school this is probably the reason i've come to this conclusion (laughs) (laughs) ethics is like all i think about yeah (laughs) so yeah you know this is just a conversation that i'll continue to have I know, Sean, you go back and forth with some of these thoughts. Um, I can't speak to all of them. But it's such a beautiful thing to start and grow your family. And I would love to continue to do that. No matter how you started, it, it's hard. Yo. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> no matter how it yeah, happens.
2: exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, we were speaking with Rob. I'm always fascinated with the process stories and like day one stories of fostering and adopting. So, you know, Rob discussed how they found out that day. They got a call that was like, hey, we have twins for you ready, go. (laughs) And they're like, okay, we're going to Target. (laughs) Oh, I want twins today. Yeah. (laughs) A similar situation with um, our couple we spoke to about fostering. They had a week notice, which was really great, but it's kind of, you feel like you don't have a lot of time to prepare for, but also with adoption and fostering, you'll take classes and it's a bit of a longer process. Mom did an Instagram live with Allison yesterday who spoke about her experience adopting and she said it was about a three-year journey or a five-year journey five-year journey wow yeah Yeah. maybe you'll feel like you have a lot of time to prepare or maybe in the nine months that you are pregnant you feel like you have some time to prepare and focus on it but the truth of the matter is kind of like rob was saying none of the issues that he thought were going to be issues were the issues that he ended up facing with his two children as they began to grow yeah
1: yeah So you never know what's going to happen until the day is there.
2: (laughs) There's unpredictability in any of these situations. So that's just my personal perspective for what's right for me might be to start my family in a different way.
1: Five-year voyage, huh? It's it's kind of Mm -hmm. wild. Yeah. I was like, oh, by the time I get to my 30s, I'll start thinking, you know, really moving on it. And now I'm like, maybe in, you know, around 40. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is that too late?
0: <laughs> so the thing about these experiences is they're all different. It's the same with people who have biological children. Some people have multiple miscarriages. Some people get pregnant the first time they try. Some people have trouble getting pregnant have to go through different avenues and end up adopting. So everyone's journey's different. But to your point, Sean, for Rob, it was immediate. Not really because he had to go through the, the process of learning all the things to foster, but, um, and for Allison, it was five years, but I think both journeys are really beautiful and there are different, you know, they're a different mm-hmm. way. It, it doesn't always take five years is my
1: point. No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I mean, even with like five years can go by so fast or, you know, you can take five years to be prepared and then you end up not being, <laughs>
0: prepared, not being prepared for me. All. I'm
1: like, mm, no, not yet. <laughs> Cause I've been thinking about it for a, like about that time. So I'm like, hmm,
0: not yet. (laughs) I thought it was a great point that the foster couple made. You just take a step forward and you can always change your mind. So if you wanted to get started in the process, you could get three steps in and take a break or step back. So you don't have to just keep dreaming if you don't want to.
1: The only point it's too late is when you make that agreement with the child, like they talked about. Like once you have that... (laughs) Then yeah, then Sean will be like,
0: right. "Karen, do you want this baby?" will <laughs> yeah. be like, "Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah." So it's you know something that I plan to explore, and that talking with these wonderful families who have started their family this way have encouraged everyone to just explore if you're thinking about it, or if you don't understand it and you want to understand it, nothing bad will come from educating yourself on the process, and the good thing that will come is potentially
0: starting your family in a really meaningful way. And for someone who gets to sit on the sidelines and just be a cheerleader and support person, I can't wait for you guys to, to, to <laughs> head down whatever path you decide to. So it's exciting. it's exciting.
1: Same here. So real quick. So we got to talk about those amazing quotes, which I love. And I love that we got to quote Karen too. <laughs> just back to my chat, I guess. I wanted to quote two things from Star Trek because it's very good for when it comes to diversity and identity. And I know it's always nerdy, but Gene Roddenberry, who created Star Trek, was such a visionary and he broke so many barriers down because he wanted the world to be so different back in the you know mid-1900s when things were so divided. And you know we, we still didn't go through the civil rights movement yet. We didn't complete that and We were in the Cold War, all these scary things. So one of his founding principles uh, was a quote that he said, and it was, Diversity contains as many treasures as those waiting for us on other worlds. We will find it impossible to fear diversity and to enter the future at the same time. So in order to move forward, we have to embrace that diversity. And we can't even think about meeting aliens until we've <laughs> met about, you know, met everyone here right? <laughs> um, and understood and accepted. So it's so important. And um, another quick quote is when you're discovering yourself. So that's for the other side, right? But when you're going through those changes and those self-discoveries, uh, there's another quote from the most recent show, and it says, in feeling less like you were, you are more like who you were meant to become.
2: Yes, And I, I
1: found that so profound. <laughs> So even if it's scary, yeah, it's scary to let go of yourself and who you once were, but you're probably learning who you are and who you're going to become.
0: Evolution, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you shared, though, Sean. Yeah,
1: nerdy, but so profound too. I know. Yeah, you're the biggest
0: nerd. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: and that's why that's why I like it so much. Is it's so, you know, introspective. It's all about the human condition. <laughs> Even if it's about aliens, (laughs) who are we?
2: I've been so inspired by this series and this entire season as well. Since the start of this podcast, we have spoke with so many inspiring and incredible people who have shared their stories and helped us feel less alone. Uh, So we hope we've done that for you as well. That is always our goal. And we are wrapping up this season and we will continue to share stories on these important topics next year. And while we're on break, please visit our Instagram and website so that we can share resources with you and past episodes so that you feel like you have all the tools you need to get through the rest of this crazy year. So please make sure to check all of that out. We are so excited to share with you some really fun things over the break. Feel free to reach out to us on social media or through our website if you have any ideas or feedback for us as we go into our second season in the new year. So thank you so much for listening, and thank you for coming along on this journey. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Health It's Personal. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts for bonus episodes and new releases every Wednesday. The Health It's Personal podcast is produced by me, McKenna Udi, and hosted with the Phronesis Health Initiative team, Karen Jively and Sean Tingle. Special thanks to portrait artist Alexander, musical contributor Bernie Ramke, and to our guests and experts for their kindness and bravery in sharing their stories each week. Please listen, subscribe,
0: engage, and send us topics we can explore that would help you on your journey.
1: Because health, it's
2: personal.